I'm Robert McLean, and in this edition of the Prime Pod, I'm speaking with two guests about a new initiative concerning the most basic of building functions, accessibility. With me in the studio today is Taufik Sabangi of Colliers and Tamash Meri, co-founder of Access for You. Tamash, how big a problem uh, is accessibility, especially in Central Europe? I thought all the new buildings uh, are wheelchair accessible. Thank you. Hi, Robert. Hi. Let me start at that point that uh, probably it's an in- interesting statistic for, for all of us, for the audience, that uh, um, basically 15, 16% of, all, of each society um, is disabled people. So they are suffering uh, different kinds of barriers. Limit, they are living with limitations uh, in terms of uh, moving or, or hearing visual impairments, cognitive problems. What is the problem? Why we don't see them among us in our everyday life? So they are underrepresented for sure. It's, uh, one reason is that uh, part of these uh, limitations are, uh, are invisible. So like uh, someone with autism or, or, um, or, or a deaf person, is, uh, you, you cannot recognize it. But major problem is that our built environment is not inclusive at all. Um, that's the main reason. Inclusion means that uh, they can enter and they can ha- they can have an access to to the services of the of the buildings. Um, so this is a base problem, and this is a global problem for them. Uh, and beside of uh, of that major lack that the buildings are not fully accessible for them, that there is no information about it. So. For these people to be in a position to plan their life in advance based on real and true data is significant. Um, It is far easier for them that if they know that wherever they go, they can enter and they have an access to the main services. And actually, our our answer is to solve this problem. We cannot... uh, 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 how to say, uh, save the world, uh, rebuilding the, the whole, uh, all the buildings, the build environment, but to deliver true and detailed data about the accessibility of these buildings, this is feasible. This is our mission, what we are doing. I think everybody gets the idea of wheelchair accessibility. Can you give a couple of examples of other types of, as you say, invisible handicaps or invisible uh, issues that people wouldn't normally know about and what building owners or developers can do to mitigate the problem. We always think that accessibility is about uh, wheelchair users, but this is not the fact. Actually, they are only one stakeholder group of those eight who we are delivering the information. For example, um, with visual impairments, you are not blind, but you, you, are, you don't see correctly. I'm just, I'm an age of 55, but a um, few weeks ago, I was running through a, a glass door uh, because I was busy and I had that time my, my glasses on um, with bad visual capacity, let's say, and I didn't recognize that there is a glass door in front of me. And actually with a very simple um, um, signage, or let's say it's a vignette or something, which uh, a few uh, euro, let's say. So th- this is, let's say, an example which is really... We don't think of it. It's very simple. That's the, that's the type of thing that visually impaired people probably run into on a daily basis. Yes, yes, that's, yes, it is like that. So actually what we see that for them is, let's say, is a, is a have-to-have. For us, is a nice-to-have. So what does it mean? That if landlords are, are making a more uh, inclusive uh, environment in their buildings, 
uh, which is a, a, a core need for these people with limitations, but it makes the whole building more convenient for, ev for everyone. Taufik, let's bring you into this. Is this something that you think has been ignored, even if it's unwittingly by, by building owners and developers? Okay, first of all, so I want to say hi to everybody and to, to the podcast listeners and thank you for inviting me. First of all, with time, we are all evolving. Uh, the business environment, the business needs are changing. Uh, we need to become more flexible. We need to be more more holistic in, in our approach in general because I think health and having a balance between our work life and social life, even within, within the office or business uh, encounters is very important and critical. And I would not say it's only about the landlords or the owners. I think it's a responsibility which is shared equally between the landlords, owners, but the tenants and occupiers uh, equally. It is important from two aspects. One is it is the right thing to do on a, on a humane level. It is important to be able to integrate all categories of people with the differences they have, including uh, the special needs some of, of, of the citizens and people might have. Uh, it's not that it has been ignored before. I think there always existed certain norms which might vary from country to country, legislation to legislation. And some of them have it uh, better said than others, but I think in many in many aspects uh, the practicality of it and 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 reflecting the real life encounters experiences into what is a norm is not always exactly matched, uh, which means. Uh, and I give again a very, very simple uh, example. Uh, <coughs> most people, and we mentioned that most people, when they think of disability or people with special needs, they instantly would probably think of a person in a wheelchair. And we have just mentioned and heard it is th there are different types of inabilities which uh, we need to think of. But uh, taking that example of a person in a wheelchair, most of the modern office buildings, when they have their parking places, they have dedicated orange shopping centers and, and retail parks, they have dedicated parking lots for uh, people with, with wheelchairs. Nevertheless, uh, where they are located is not always the most uh, naturally common, rational place where to locate them because they still have certain uh, obstacles uh, or uh, encounters they need to go through to reach the destinations they, they need to reach. And the other thing is, uh, we all know that the demographics uh, across Europe and the world, Central Europe, uh, we all sort of uh, meet the challenges of finding enough people to employ, people who could be good uh, at what they do. Uh, and uh, the category of the people with special needs, there is, there is a certain percentage of people who could be a very valuable input into the working force of every society, of every country, which are being somehow left out just because the facilities and the accessibility and the practical use of having them being part of an office makes it quite challenging for them to be to feel to feel comfortable about going to a place uh, and feeling fully integrated so if we improve that aspect that will open another window for the employment market to be able to start taking people on board who have been left out and are very valuable and can add a lot of value to all types of businesses I think that's something that we're seeing more and more in society in general is this idea of how 
being inclusive actually has great benefits for the entire company. You tend to end up uh, being uh, more aware of the issues of your entire team. It's good to see that societies and cultures and open-mindedness is changing, is improving. People are becoming far more tolerant in, in many aspects. When it comes to companies, when you speak with them, how open are developers or landlords? Is it something where you're saying you better do this or you're going to have problems or are, do they welcome this sort of an initiative? Well, my experience is actually most of our clients and most of the of the developers and investors are actually very supportive of that. I think the bridge which was not that uh, available was having some uh, some specialized advisory firms telling exactly what are the things which need to be fine-tuned? Mm -hmm. It's not that they are non-existent, but they are maybe at a very basic level. Maybe there are certain things which can be differently added and improved, and people are just not simply aware of it. Uh, so it's another just way of consulting and helping, giving advice how you can improve your existing building or mm -hmm. space uh, to allow uh, a wider range of different people to be able to easily commute and get and access your property. Uh, Robert, let me reflect very briefly on what uh, Tefik told to us, that uh, we on our side, we have also a, a very positive uh, feedback from the companies. The landlords, the company owners, they understand that this is, um, on one side, this is um, a moral obligation for them. On the other side, this is also a, a business potential for it, for a lot of companies. Either you are selling something, so you may uh, approach uh, another 15-16% of consumers or as employer, um, um, also new doors are opening for you. So they are very positive. What was the, the luck here, the major problem, that there is no common language. They never understood that if I want to be inclusive, what does it mean? What should I deliver? What are the requirements? On a practical level, how does this work? A company calls you up, said we'd like some, we'd like to be advised on this. What is the process? How long does it take? Access for you is a European uh, certification mark. Uh, we are giving a license to the uh, to the building that um, for which uh, stakeholders groups delivers the hard criteria. That means that uh, our approach is based on usability, not on different laws and and uh, codes. In order to be entitled to use this certification, um, the time accessible for different kind of groups, uh, an audit is required. Uh, we have a special software. We are collecting data. We um, have something like thousand different questions about uh, about the buildings, uh, technical details that uh, what are relevant for the users. We are collecting all this data. Uh, with photos, with measurements, yes, no answers. So we are collecting every data, we are evaluating it. And based on that, we are issuing an, an audit report. The whole story takes um, in the largest building one day on-site work and plus uh, paperwork at home. So the whole procedure, it's depend only on the, on the speed of the client, let's say, and our capacity in terms of audit. But uh, within two months, you can have a full and complete report. The audit report contains the actual level of accessibility of the of the current uh, of the particular place, 
Uh, we also uh, include a chapter for uh, improvement suggestions. And frankly saying, based on our experience, uh, a lot of these improvements are very, very easy things. Um, um, a few hundred euro devices can help, for example, uh, uh, for people with uh, bad hearing, for example, or the signage, what I mentioned, or, or, um, uh, or the pictograph in, in the buildings for the orientation that also helps uh, for one stakeholder group. So th these are really easy things. So it is not a huge investment for the landlords. Basically, through this methodology, what we set up here, uh, we created a kind of common language between the users and the, and the building owners. And this was probably one of the major luck in this uh, whole story that uh, to create a, a common understanding, actually. Tafik, it sounds like this is the kind of uh, thing where ideally you would be speaking with developers before they uh, start construction to make sure their plans are, uh, are, are sort of up, up to speed. Is that practical at this point? Uh, the Czech Republic and the Prague market is quite specific because we have a relatively dry pipeline. So there are not many projects really coming. But ideally, in an ideal world, definitely, yes, it's much easier to look into these things when they are still on paper mm -hmm. before they are being constructed and built. So this is the ideal scenario. Nevertheless, if you look at the Prague's uh, existing stock, uh, office space the majority of that stock is 10 years plus in terms of age so it means actually uh, it's relevant to all the existing stock regardless because all these properties even if they have thought about how to improve the accessibility for people with special needs uh, i'm sure things have changed or uh, new things can be introduced or they have been not uh, Im implemented at all to begin with so i think this is equally relevant and applicable for any standing building regardless of its uh, category standard a b even c because uh, well there might be an obstacle again because how to enter into the reception and into the floor uh, but assuming that you have a reception area you have an elevator and so everything else is actually manageable and can be dealt with in the whole esg uh, question which has been becoming increasingly important for the entire real estate community i think there's there's always been a bigger focus on the environment uh, aspect of it. But this, to me, seems like it fits in quite naturally to the S part of ESG. Definitely. It's about the social. Uh, it's more really uh, the social aspect of it and the well-being. Um, Robert, if I may join to the ESG question, if you don't mind. Actually, in the S chapter, what to deliver to the social, it's really a challenge for the for those companies who are ESG reporting uh, obliged. It's really difficult uh, to make it measurable. This is one crucial point in ESG that uh, your performance should be measured and re-measured time to time or should be comparable to the industry in the same industry with other uh, players. Uh, and actually our, our system, uh, uh, what we solve is a, is a real action so you do something, you not only speak about that, what I will do when I will do something. So um, actually to, to make the audit uh, is, um, is measuring the actual uh, status of the building in terms of inclusion or accessibility. Um, it's, a, it's a status report. It can be measured. So we, we are able to convert our data into scores, which is, as I mentioned, is important for them. And... Um, it, it has start and end. So you can count it that if I order um, this certification, it will be delivered in two, two months. 
And uh, I did something. And basically, our target group is the largest minor minority on Earth. So uh, this is really something serious, important and, and, um, and valuable. Maybe I will just add one thing because it's, it's a slogan I read in one of the fitness clubs, which I love. I, I, I'm more into health and healthy lifestyle, but I think it's equally valid for the business environment and offices. And the slogan actually states, my body or our bodies are not a decoration, but a declaration of who we are and what we are. And I think the same can be applied to the offices and buildings, that the building and the space, the interior of it, it's not a decoration, it's a declaration what I stand for, what I want to achieve, for whom I'm doing it and why. Okay. Okay. And finally, access for you. What is your plans for the future? Are you, you're spreading in, in Central Europe right now. Is Western Europe a huge growth market or are all of these problems already taken care of a long time ago in Western Europe? Absolutely. Absolutely. So basically the problem is global. We are auditing our first building in, in India. Vipro is a huge uh, um, software company. Um, and, and their first campus, uh, which will be now rebuilt or renovated, uh, will be based on our advice, actually. Okay, and Taufik, uh, what is the nature of your cooperation then with Access for You? So we, we at Colliers, we are in partnership with Access for You. And what we do is, again, we go and speak to all our clients uh, and all of them are relevant. Uh, we educate them, we share the knowledge and information with them, we we have the discussions and again as you said and as before and I, I mentioned the majority of, of our clients are into it and are already thinking of, of, of it. So we are just spreading, spreading the knowledge and we try to offer the service where we can go, we can do the, the due diligence, we can do the checklist, a SWOT analysis, tell them exactly what needs to be done uh, ideally if they can certify the buildings uh, and if you look at the monetary value compared to the benefit and value add which you bring not only on a on a on a commercial business level but also again on a humane level and doing what is right uh, it's 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 peanuts it's really it's it's symbolic and i think it's a cost that everybody should not consider as a cost but as a thing which I must do uh, for many reasons uh, because we, we, we again it's not purely about business it's about trying to make our environment our world a better place to live in for everyone Tomasz Taufik thank you very much thank you thank you, thank you. Robert thanks